0: the truth what is going on everybody welcome back to another saturday night cell block how's everybody doing i pray that everybody's blessed happy comfortable tuned in got your bellies full you know and you're ready to sit back and enjoy a nice little show man so <clears throat> Tonight, before I get into story time, I'm gonna give you guys a little update um on just what's been going on man you know because I really don't talk about me too much. everybody always says I'm very good about talking about me. I don't feel like I am so before we get into it, I'm gonna talk about me a little bit just to give you guys an idea of you know what I do on a daily basis, man, you know, trying to bring all of this together and It's coming. It's coming together, man, like everything I dreamed about sitting in that cell so many years ago, mapping this stuff out, contemplating, thinking, you know, how's this stuff going to work? How's it going to come into play? And it's. It's just coming together. And and, and I guess the importance in this message is, is. I did not allow anything to put doubt in my head. I believed in myself. I continued forward through the sludge, you know, through all the obstacles that was in my way. And I have many, many, many more obstacles um, to, to, to get over. But as I pass one obstacle, my 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 confidence grows. So even though that I have so many more obstacles in front of me, it's it's no problem because I've conquered so many, so many, you know. So I'm proud of myself, you know, and and the message in that is that it's okay to be proud of yourself. It's okay to sometimes just to sit back and just say, man, like, I'm doing this, you know, like, man, we're doing this and, and be proud in that, you know, so, man, great day. You know, I had a a wonderful woman over here by the name of, of Angie uh, Hatfield. She's actually, you know, tuned in tonight. Um, I have been working with a gentleman by the name of Craig Powell, who is uh, associated with an organization by, called PowerNet, who is up under um, Perk, And I, I'm hoping I'm, I'm saying that right. And then I had another gentleman over here by the name of Damon Thrash, and his company is is 2 And this is just a, a few, right? But this is the power core that is coming together to bring all of these organizations like these people are doing some great, great things. All three of these people that I've, I've talked to and the blessing in that is that they're all doing things different. And it's it's again, this is what Coming Home Coalition is. This is what this this hub is, is is the war room to bring everybody in and to bring everybody in. and. To, to uh, you know, uh, correlate, plan, strategize, bring individuals, get representatives in here, write law, change things. So it's it's these things that uh that that we're doing, and today was a big step in that. So I did get an agreement, um, from Mr. Powell and uh, PowerNet that they have some awesome programs that they are going to um, utilize this space for this is this is what I dreamed, you know for me to provide a space for all of us to come together because one of the biggest issues that we had coming together was ego right it was coming <clears throat> it was the ego of each organization wanted to be the boss hog you know nobody wanted to feel lesser than and this organization that I am creating is, is allowing these people to come in all together, right? There is no boss hog, you know? So it's, it's just a beautiful thing that's, that's coming together. And, and, um, and I'm doing this for the people. All of this is for the people. These are human beings that are like-minded in, in me and, and that we just want to get things done for the people. We see these big-name organizations that collect all this money and absolutely nothing gets done. Nothing gets done. And the soldiers that are out on the front line, like Angie, right, they're you know, they're 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 begging for scraps because all of these large organizations have already sucked up all this money and then they they divide it and and appropriate it to to who they want to, you know, whoever pockets they're tied to. And by the time it gets down to us, the individuals that are actually in the streets doing things, it um we don't see it. This coming Monday morning, I have an appointment with the ever-important county commissioner, uh, Mr. Mr. Harry Cohen. I want to make sure I get his name right. I've been calling this man Henry. I don't know why. So I have been training myself to say Harry because the last thing I want to do walking into this man's office is disrespect his name and then turn around and ask him for some money. So that probably won't fly too well. So Mr. Harry Cohen, I will be in his office this Monday morning bringing these programs. Um, Mr. Damon da- uh, Mr. Damon Thrash's program is a financial empowerment for low income. Again, these, a lot of these classes, majority of these classes are going to be available here at this place free, right? To the community, for the community to come and educate themselves on parenting, on incarceration the returning citizen what what all that entails uh, life coaching I offer walk-in life coaching for anybody that just needs to vent about things have some some emotional grief instead of taking that negative energy into your home you know you can stop by and, and chat with me for a little bit and just get things off your chest maybe figure out an answer to as to why things are, are occurring the way they are so this is what this community hub and it's going to be a hub it's going to be a direct link to anything that you need. This is what we're doing in the Tampa Bay area. So, uh yeah, meeting Mr. Cohen then, um next Thursday on the 15th, we're all going to be meeting back. We're all going to be meeting back here for another power meeting to really strategize and start mapping out uh things, man. You know because all of us are on the same page when it comes to, listen, I'm tired of talking about this. I've been in meetings. We've done this. We know. We, we drudge out all the problems that we all know over and over again. Um, we, we lay out solutions, but nothing is being in, implemented. Talk is cheap. Those are the updates. So, moving on, right, tonight's story time. This is an important story because this is, this is a lot of what goes on in our youth right now, you know, is, is influence, power of influence, and how uh, gangs are taking advantage of suburban kids and their boredness, you know, their, their, their lack of, of things to do, productive, positive things to do, and the influence that these, these rap artists and such have over our children. Um, specifically speaking about this individual, uh, his name was Jimmy. When I got to Beaumont, I had my own issues. I've laid that in several issues, uh, several different podcasts. But um, Beaumont was an experience for me in itself. And I truly feel like I had to be the individual that I was in order to to survive that experience, literally. You know, no exaggeration. Um, I had gotten into my issues at Beaumont. And I was pretty much on an island there for a little while. You know, I had some people that were looking out for me behind closed doors because they were different races, different gangs, things like that, but the respect that i carry for myself carried a lot of weight with with real people you know like i always say men always respect men no matter where you're at so i think really that is kind of what saves me from a lot of, of altercations but but i had my own issues specifically with the aryan brotherhood of texas you know and and uh the, them and i just did not jive too well and a story was created to turn pretty much every white person on that compound against me because I'm from Florida and in the federal system you can go to any institution in America they can send you anywhere so Florida and Texas do not get along hardly at all hardly at all so uh, you know these were the experiences that I was going through I was in my own tense world of, of survival and my thought process was only on me at that time. I, I had no, no room to think or concern myself with anything going on outside of my skin because every day uh, was a tumultuous day for me for, for several years straight. But uh, Jimmy comes along. Now, Jimmy was, was an odd case because who I was time anytime that somebody from Florida, a white kid, somebody from Florida would come, they would send them to the independent car first. The independent car is ran by people in Texas, so pretty much what it is 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 if you get out there if you're not a skinhead, if you're not a a, a racist elite or anything to do with any you know any kind of separatism along that fashion, then you're pretty much considered uh a wigger or a wannabe black. This is their mentality of how they look at it. So if you're coming out of Florida, of course, you have a lot of white people coming out of Florida like me, you know, who's just been integrated in in the poor communities and whatnot. And and we have a lot of urbanism to ourselves. So they don't like that. This was the, the conflict that I had. Now, Because I carried myself in such a respectful manner over on that compound, it was very hard for them to get people not to like me. Everywhere I went, people liked me. You know, I'm a cool dude. So they had to concoct a pretty serious story in order to get people to turn their backs on me so that then they couldn't have their way with me or whatever because I didn't want to join their their ideology, let's just say. So I had my own things going on. So, one day, right, towards the end of my stay at Beaumont, because I'm waiting to get the hell out of this place, right? Like, damn, getting out of prison. I just want to get out of Beaumont. At this time, this is my only concern is just getting out of here without getting stabbed, beat, anything of that nature. I just want to get out of here. The rest I can deal with. So, towards the end of this, this, uh, this kid named Jimmy gets off the bus. Little white kid, 20, I think, 21 at the time, had a five year sentence. Um, No tattoos, but one tattoo on his right wrist. And this tattoo on his right wrist was tribal. And then on the top was a writing that said Boss. B O S S. Now, to anyone that understands what that means, that is. Gang affiliation for gangster disciples. That's GD. Where boss, anything of that nature. Anytime you see tattoos that say boss, <clears throat> many other ones as well. I need to do a, a, a gang affiliation tattoo show. But bosses recognized as gangster disciples. Now, this kid was as soft as as soft as day old butter in the sun. Right. He was he he had no experience with any kind of violent life you could see it in his face, you know, and he probably was maybe about five eight five nine, maybe six foot, and probably a hundred and sixty pounds, no muscle on him, you know just this was just a kid, your typical kid that stayed in the basement, played video games and and wanted to do cool stuff so right away as soon as he hit the compound he was questioned about his tattoo because these these are these are identifiers right we already know about them as soon as we we're, 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 we're sizing you up we're gauging you so as soon as he walked in the door with this tattoo he was being asked about that because gangster disciples is known as a a, a blacker skin gang you know um definitely he did not fit uh, that criteria you know, when you looked at him, you did not think gang member, let alone gangster disciples. So here he was questioned about that. And, and um, he ended up happening to come to the same same unit I was in. So he was sent to me immediately. And uh, the, the speaker for the independents at that time said, you know, here you go. This is this is somebody you need to watch out for. You know, this is your problem. You know, he's from Florida. The white kid. We're not taking this dude. You know, you deal with him. So, um, I say, okay, he's from Florida. I'll I'll go check him out. So I go and I talk to Jimmy, and um, him and I sat at the table. He hasn't even gotten to his room yet, right? This is how serious this stuff is. Like, you've been on a bus for 14 hours. You've been up since the day before, since like three o'clock in the morning. The first thing you want to do is get in your cell, hit the bed, and, and crash. So he's just sitting there with his stuff that he gets from R&D when you come through. And um, before you can even go to your cell, people want to know who you are, right? So I'm sitting there and I'm talking to him and I'm questioning him about, you know, like, dude, what's, you know, what do you got going on here? <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, well, you know, it's, I'm, I'm a GD. And I'm like, man, you're not a GD. Like, what? Like for real, what's going on? Did you get this in jail? You know, like, you know, what's what's really happening? And he's like, no, you know, I'm a GD and, and um, such and such. So I'm like, okay, where are you from? So he said, you know, I'm from Panama City. Okay, you're from Panama City. Backwoods Panama City. So I asked why. I said, who initiated you? So he gave the name, of course. I don't know who he is, but I had an affiliation with, uh, g d who happened to be a white dude, but this was a legit dude out of uh, Memphis, I believe Memphis, Tennessee, and this was a pure gang banging white dude. you could tell he's been in it his whole life, tatted from head to toe, and I uh, had to carry a lot of respect with a lot of people in a compound and um his name was Mikey Mikey, and I was was okay. we were talkable. you know what I mean because even though what was going on with me people were apprehensive. But like Mikey with these gangs and some of these other gangs, white dudes within them gangs, again, they saw me for who I was in front of them and how I presented myself and what they were hearing did not jive. But again, it didn't affect them. They had nothing to do with it. I was not part of their cars, their crew. They didn't know me. So it it was just, you know, best of luck to you, buddy, you know, but you ain't got no problems with us. So this is where I'm collecting the information from him. Um, I asked him if he's a rat. I asked him if if he has sex charges, anything of that nature. He tells me no. Of course, he locks eyes with me then. I, I believed him 100%. He was in on a, a small dope charge. Um, and I asked him in that moment, like, what are you going to do with this? Right? Because the problem is, is that. I don't really think you, you grasp the seriousness of what is on your wrist and what that entails. And he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm part of a crew, and I'm blood in, blood out, you know, and all the, all the propaganda that the rappers spew out, you know, is, is what he's parroting. So I say, okay, let me talk to a, to a partner that I know tomorrow, right? Go ahead and get you some sleep. Let me talk to dude tomorrow and figure out what, what he wants to do about this. You know, this, this is his decision. I really ain't got nothing to do with it, you know. Um, and that was it. We got up the next night, the next day. By this time, Mikey had already heard about it. We caught each other at breakfast time, and I was talking to him and gave him the rundown. And um, he's like, man, are, are you kidding me? He's like, listen, you know, off the record, like, we're going to dog this kid out. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to dog this dude out we're going to have him carry him stuff you know what i mean cuz we know that he's never put in no work and and that's just what it's about so we're going to have we're going we're going to be doing this and i say i understand that man you know but i and and the kid really don't understand what he got into and and what it was was it was just him uh, him and a couple of his friends they were bored in the neighborhood uh, some some black dude came through was a gd and he was just rounding kids up, suburban kids that were bored, wanted to was, were rebellious, wanted you know wanted to, to live the gangster life, and he's just initiating them. So they ended up tracking down who it was. Um, he did have initiation rights, but I don't think they were too happy with what he was doing, his practices. However, with, with, um, with Jimmy at this time. I'm asking Mikey like what's he gotta do to get out now once you get initiated into a gang you give an oath right this is this is an oath that you give that this is this is your loyalty this is before everything else you know Sopranos all of this stuff this stuff is taken serious you know these this is this is life or death for a lot of individuals you know I understand gang mentality. I have a certain respect for it because I understand why gangs initially were created. Today's gangs is just like everything else: power, money, greed, ego, narcissism. <clears throat> so today's gangs is nothing what what gangs initially represent. And a lot of the OGs, you know, uh, retire from from their units because of of the path that a lot of these younger kids are taken. So Jimmy had no idea. He had no idea. And Mikey was giving it to me raw because that's, that's what we do. He's like, man, we're going to dog him out. Who knows what's going to happen to this kid? You know? So Mikey, like, what's it take to get the kid out? So we sat there and contemplated. And Mikey said something to the effect, if memory recalls, that he had to go into a cell for three minutes with four dudes. He chose who the dudes were, three minutes, and he would be done with it. He would have to have that that tattoo covered up, removed. It was his only tattoo, and and uh and that would be it. So I said, okay, bet, and this is what I expected, you know, and this is this is the cost, this is the price, and that's cheap. That's getting off cheap. That's getting off with the understanding that you were just some punk kid that got involved in something that you had no idea what you wanted to get involved in. And you're gonna be taxed for that. You know, you're gonna be taxed heavily because there's there's a domino effect to all of that. So I went back. I went back to Jimmy and, and I talked to him and and uh and and by this time he's he's already pretty much heard a lot of what is going to happen to him. And he's scared now. You know, he's scared shitless. Um he don't he's not going to check in. He don't want to check in. He don't want that on his jacket. He's trying to do the right thing, Jimmy. So, I sit down with him in his cell and I tell him. I say, "Listen, I can get you out of this, man. For real on some on some real time, I can get you out of this. This is what it entails. You got to go 3 minutes with four dudes that he chooses and that's just what it is and you'll be out it'll be it'll be signed you know what I mean and and you will have no affiliation anymore you have to be covered up stripping however however you want to do with that <laughs> Jimmy said no this dumbass kid man said no you know he's, he's like um you know he's like man I'm in it he's like I gave an oath I, I gave my word and he's like, "Yeah, it was a mistake. I wish I didn't do it." But he's like, "Man, it is what it is, you know." And I respected that. I honestly, really did. And and um, I just told Jimmy at that time. I said, "Well, you know, you no longer can come to me about anything, you know. I, yeah, we can kick it or whatever as much." I said, "I'm I'm I'm my own thing right now, you know." But uh, you you got to go to Mikey. I you know I showed him who Mikey was and whatnot. And I said, you just got to get with Mikey from here on out, you know, and. um. And that was pretty much it, you know, they, they got him moved out of that dorm and they got him moved into the other dorm and straight away, straight away. The next time I saw him, did not mind you, he's only been on here for a day. This was the next day. Two days later, I see him in a complete jacket. Right now, this is Beaumont, Texas. This is just south of Houston. You know what I mean? This is and this is uh when was this? Cause I left. I want to say this was like July, August, you know, and full prison prison jacket, you know, the, the 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 pants, the khakis, boots, and he's going across the compound and um got hammed up. Hey, you come here where you going? Now, see, he brings attention to himself first and foremost, because he's a white kid, right? He's a white kid. And no normal white kid, white person is going to be suited and booted like that. That's what we call suited and booted. No normal white kid is going to be suited and booted in that fashion. So you're automatically bringing that attention to yourself with, with the, the, you know, the, the black people, the black dudes, so many of them would walk around with these jackets and such on that it was it was just a common thing, but not too many of the white dudes, you know. So hey, you come here. Let me see what you got. Started patting him down. Man, this kid had this kid had probably 13 shanks on him. Right? Some shanks small, but he had bone crushers on him. Now, what a bone crusher is, is anything. That's about anything that could that could maul, anything that could hit bone, anything that could kill, is called a bone crusher, and that carries a whole separate charge. It carries a whole separate time, because if I'm just carrying around an altered pen, right, I, it's it's hard for me to kill somebody with this here. I can puncture a bunch of holes in them, and it'll do a lot of damage. Sure, it'll get somebody up off you, but it's gonna it's, it's gonna be very hard to kill somebody with a pen, unless you hit you know strategic strategic places, but, man, some of these shanks are, are machetes, you know, one, ki- one hit, one kill, and this is what they're designed for is, is, is large riots, you know, just to go through the crowd, just hacking with these things, and, and his sentence went from, I don't know what he ended up getting, but I know he ended up getting another three charges stacked on top of his little five years that he had. I heard about that later on once I left I ran into somebody when I got back over here to to Florida I ran into somebody that I knew down here that came that told me about Jimmy getting hemmed up and him catching I think I want to say he caught like 13 years on top of his five you know and all that does is just spiral and just keep going this kid he could still be locked up now you know he could still be locked up now with a possible life sentence you know all just because he was scared, I believe. I don't believe that it was he wanted to play that loyalty crap. I, I honestly believe he was just scared. He was just scared to to wear an ass whooping, man, like so many of these kids today. You know, so many of these kids today are just scared to get into a fight, be bruised for a little bit, so they would rather pull out a gun or try to avoid that in any way that they can. The moral of this story, man, is, is what, what always looks good up front isn't always good in the back, you know. And, and what I mean by that is we're allowing our children to be influenced by these reckless entertainers because they don't care about our youth. All they care about is getting money, securing their financial needs because they know it's a dirty world as well. And they're trying to eat as much as they can and preserve the lifespan of their family. And they'll do that at the cost of our youth, right? This is the soul that they sell. So they do this at the cost of our youth by creating the, the just the, the element that they have. You know, having these kids, our, our children, when you go through TikTok, you're seeing these young girls, like they're putting their whole business on, on TikTok. You know what I mean? I mean, like everything. Talking about yoga, stretching, you know what I mean? And these are our young, young women in TikTok is promoting that, you know, because I know damn well, if I get on there with some, some leotards or some, some skin tights and go to do some yoga, man, my, my thing wouldn't make it past three views, you know, <laughs> but so is, is, are we paying attention to our youth? You know, all jokes aside, are we paying attention to our youth and being in tune or are we allowing these devices to substitute our parenting? We're allowing these devices to parent our children so that we can run amok and do what we want to do. And I think it's the latter. I honestly think it's the latter. And this is why our children are just freaking off the chain, you know, because we're just not in tune we're not in tune with what these entertainers these messages that they're portraying to these kids that gangs are cool, killing people is cool, selling drugs is cool, and you can have all of this stuff. And yet these entertainers have done none of that. I don't even know how they're allowed to do that. For me that's that's false false advertising. You know? But it's crazy, man. You know what's crazy? When I was a kid and and Luther Campbell, two live crew was fighting against censorship, man, you know, and they were trying to censor his music and and really kudos to two live crew and 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 Luther Campbell for that fight to to preserve our censorship man we We really don't understand the fight against this censorship and how long it's really been going on as to what can be produced and what cannot and what the American people are allowed to listen to or see and what they cannot but Going back to that censorship, I can understand. I truly, truly can understand what they were trying to prevent at that time. And this is a double-edged sword because, you know, uh, if you don't, if you're not familiar with Two Live Crew, you'd have to look them up. But it's that they they were the kings of the booty era, you know. So it, it's it was the, the the disrespect of the women, um. And and such that America did not understand. This was this was a culture that came out of the deep roots of of urban that white America just did not get at all. And they saw it as vulgar. They saw it as as ugly. And they saw it as a demon that was going to corrupt our children. And and now as an adult, seeing where seeing Miss Yoga. <laughs> mister the 18 year old yoga on TikTok, you have to ask yourself, like, how much influence did, did that have and how our children today have to be pimps and hoes to think that. This, this is the intention that they're getting, you know. And these video games, I'm a video gamer, I play, you know, these video games are off the chain. So here again, while you're out here watching your three-hour football game and your child's in there playing this video game, are you in tune with what is in this game? What is being drilled into this child's head? And is this child intelligent enough to decipher the difference between this video game and reality? Do they understand that this, this is not reality? You're just running around ripping people out of cars and shooting them in the head and taking off is not reality. It's a video game. You know what I mean? This is where if if that's your fantasy, you can live that fantasy out, but that is not reality. Are those children being taught that by these parents? You know, first and foremost, you're not even supposed to get the game until you're 18 years old. But how how accountable are we holding those companies for that? How easy is it for these kids to get these games at 13, 14 years old? I know when I play GTA online, it's nothing but 12 and 13 year olds. And these people talking about like they're straight Sicilian mafia, you know? So how, how are these kids leaving this game and going into their elementary schools straight off the game, playing this game all morning, thinking they're Sicilian mafia or, or gangland central. And then they're going into the school, possibly with the same kids that they were just playing online with. And they're They're carrying this, the same enactment in in their school, in their classrooms. How accountable are we to be held as parents for that? So these are questions, man. These are questions that the household needs to sit down and get a grip on, like get a grip on your house. You know, really, if you're a man, if there's a man in this house, that man, get a a grip of your ship, man, and, and make sure that your ship is right, that the thought process is right. That that you know that there's morals that there are that all of these things are in place. You know, so that's all I got tonight, and that's my lecture of the night. I'm not gonna lecture no more. Absolutely, Angie. Unfortunately, there are some kids and some homes where the bad influence is the parent. So it's 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 coming to grips with knowing that. Listen, parent, if your child is out of control, it is you. Somehow, some way, it is you. You are the inhibitor. You're the toxic parent. You're inciting in some kind of way. Maybe you're sarcastic to him and he's reacting to that. Some kind of way. Our children are a reflection of us. Our children are a reflection of us. This is what I say, man. People laugh at me when I say it, but it's, it's, it's so true, right? But scientifically speaking, in my mind, it's true, okay? So children are like animals. Children is like dogs, let's say. And it's not to compare and say that a child is a dog or like a dog, but in a sense that it's, it's animal, right? And, the, and it's animal in the sense that all it knows is physical. It reacts. It's reactionary. This is what animals do. The child hasn't really formed a conscious thought process. He's just imitating, mimicking, and reacting. So to gauge whether you're a good parent or not before you even become a parent is have a pet. Have a pet. And how does your pet turn out? Does your pet own you? Does your pet run the house amok? You can't control your pet? Or is your pet in tune? Does your pet listen to you? is your pet mindful, respectful, it knows its boundaries, right? This is a pretty good gauge in my opinion of your parenting skills, of how your parenting skills would be. Because I know a lot of us go into parenting thinking, am I going to be a good parent? So it's it's am I am I a good pet owner? Right? Am I a good pet owner? This is a pretty good gauge because There's never been a house that I've ever went into or a family structure that I've ever seen where they were opposite. And what I mean by that is where you had animals, pets that minded and were completely respectful and and knew that they were pets, knew their boundaries and a child that was just out of control or a, a child that was. Completely disciplined and respectful and all that and animals that were out of control. I've never seen that together. Maybe it's just me. I mean, I don't know. But these are just observations of mine. That's why I share it with y'all. But for me, that's a good gauge. I love you guys, man. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for viewing. Keep it strong. Keep it pimping. Keep the show going. Please visit www.cominghomecoalition.com. I'm um, donate, donate, donate. We need to keep this community center going. I'm a dollar a month. Everybody can do a dollar a month to help a community grow and flourish and have its own place, man. Its own little safety net that it knows is for the people. And that's how I'm going to make sure that this brick and mortar here is run. That people in the community know they can come get life coaching, they can come get classes, they can come get awareness, they can come get any almost any damn thing that they want. Pretty much for free. So listen, I'm the first one to say there's no programs. I'm gonna make sure that there is programs, and I'm gonna go out there and tell the people there's programs now. So and I need your guys' help. A dollar a month, man. Other than that, you guys stay safe. We're wrapping the year up. Ain't got too many more weeks. And we'll be back on Thursday night with Demetrius Nuggles Hill. You know, Thursday night get right and that show in itself is growing, but I need y'all to help help me. Get Saturday Night Cell Block off the ground, too. So spread the love, man. Tell the people. Spread the word. Voice for the voiceless. Thomas Free Me. And I will see you shortly. Peace out. Much love.